Welcome to the Irish Expat Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be covering the incredible city of Florence. We'll be chatting about why we went to Florence, why we moved to Florence, the value for money, and some overall tips from Florence residents if you're planning on visiting. Hi, I'm Jane. And welcome to the Irish Expat Podcast. We've been on the road for nine months traveling the lengths and breadths of Italy. Season one is all about our six-week holiday from the southern city of Naples to Lake Garda in the north. We'll be giving our best tips and tricks and talking about our highlights and mistakes. And how we've ended up moving the flies. Make sure you're subscribed and if you like this episode, then please give us a five-star rating. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at altliving and find out more about us on altliving.com. So welcome, welcome, Cormac. How are you now, Jane? The big Florence episode. Oh, the big one. You've noticed that we've had to change our intro from six months to nine months. So now, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> nine months now, Jesus. Yeah, so we've been, we've literally been living in Florence now for almost eight months. Eight months, yeah. Mm. Time flies when you're having fun. Certainly does. So um, we're going to cover this episode will be a little bit different from our previous ones because we just have so much more information to give. But we're just going to rattle off as much as we possibly can. And then we'll do a bonus episode at the end of the season for any updates or whatever we've missed. Um, Sweet. So we'll talk about transport. So there's a main there's a main uh, train station called Santa Maria Novella. And that's where everyone comes into. There's buses that bring you pretty much all around, like from all around. Um, we use Flixbus, that's quite cheap. Um, and then there's buses all around the city centre. And then what are the different apps that you can download for like bicycles? And um, You can get, well, the biggest one here is RideMobi. Bird, isn't there? Bird, bird scooters. Bird yeah. scooters, yeah. RideMobi bikes, RideMobi scooters, and then bird scooters. Yeah, so I'd say if you're handy enough on the old scooters, I definitely recommend downloading Bird because RideMobi, they're a bunch of scammers. Yeah, but the, the bird ones are expensive as well. They're all just avoid scooters if you can. Yeah. Us, I think. Yeah. Ride Mobi bicycles are cheaper. The scooters are usually more expensive than the bikes to rent per minute. Yeah, but Ride Mobi tend to just take an extra little bit of five euro out of your account here and there. Yeah, if you set up a Ride Mobi, make sure you set it up with Revolut or something because it will just keep on taking money out of your account. It's very, very annoying. Yes. Um, Terribly annoying. Yeah, don't like them at all. So I would just say, like, if you are just coming for a week or whatever, download Ride Mobi set it up with a Revolut card and then just cancel everything, block them on your card. It's very, it's very, very annoying. Yeah, yeah. But Florence City Centre is small enough, like. No, the the city centre of Florence is probably one of the smallest we've been to in the sense that you can walk everything, all the attractions are within a couple of kilometres of each other maximum. Yeah. So Florence is, but you don't really need to get the trams, even though the trams, unless you're flying into Florence, there's a tram directly into the train station, which is great. Mm-hmm. But for anyone from Ireland, unfortunately, there's only connection flights to Florence. There's no direct. Everyone flies into Pisa. Yeah, everyone flies into Pisa, which is an hour away on the train. Yeah, which isn't bad either. No. But, um, so yeah, and then there's loads of buses that go around the city centre or go up to Fiesole, a little town on a hill um, nearby. So yeah, but again, if you look at the map of Florence, the city centre is sort of within a triangle. Yeah. Um, so the river is at the bottom and then there's kind of two motorways, or not even motorways. Big, big main roads, Viales are called here. Viales, yeah, yeah. And they just meet in a triangle at the top. So essentially all the tourist stuff is in the middle of that triangle and you you can there's just not, walk it. Yeah, there's not a lot outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just touch on taxis 
for a minute. Do you want to sing the little song there? Oh, <laughs> so oh, the, the nightmare of my nights. Do you want to? Do you want to explain how to call a taxi in Florence? So uh, in Florence, there's either an app for one of the taxi companies, Colante Due, Colante Due, or Colante Treno Vanta. Uh, you ring them basically, and you tell them the address of where you are and how many people. And then usually you have to let them know if you'd like to pay with card in advance, because most of the taxis do have them. I'd say a very small percentage don't. Um, you have to also ring in Italian or else they will just mostly hang up the phone on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they accept our calls in English before, but as soon as I've started ordering them in Italian, I've been getting taxis a lot more yeah, regularly, yeah. which is very annoying, but you can, I, I would suggest just downloading the app. Yes, so app, tours app to taxi. City, yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to go. We've only downloaded it in the last kind of month or so, and it has been working a lot better for us. So, yeah. and you don't need to hook up your card to it or anything. You can just um, you pay cash when you order. Yeah, taxi. so, so that, that's very handy as well. Taxis prefer cash here, by the way. Um, so do have cash on you. And taxis are very expensive in Florida. So very strict. If you're too drunk, they simply will not take you. No, no, no. <laughs> so. Put on your best face, lad, when you're leaving the pub. Yeah. This is coming from Cormac working in the pub, not yes. from us. This is going to be working in the pub and yeah. having to try and get rid of customers. <laughs> and the taxi driver simply does not take you up. So to be careful, put on a good act and you'll be fine. So I just want to touch on um, how central Florence is. A lot of people think that Rome is kind of the most central place um, to visit different cities. Mm-hmm. But I think Florence is absolutely amazing. So um, you can get high speed trains two hours to Milan, two hours to Rome, two hours to Venice. And then there's loads of kind of one hour trips that you can take. Yeah. Pisa, Bologna, where else can you go? You can go anywhere, Livorno, you can go to Luca, you can go to San Marino, Rimini. Yeah, there's loads of places that you can just go on like little day trips um, or doing one night overnight somewhere. Yeah. Um, the Cinque Terre is a little bit further and um, we will say, so you have to get um, a two hour train to La Spezia and then you get on a regional train. But oftentimes it's a regional train to La Spezia anyway and oftentimes they're delayed or they can get very very slow um, because they have to do it station by station so just bear in mind that to get to the Cinque Terre it's going to take you a minimum of two hours 40 but it could be it took us almost three and a half hours one day because we got delayed coming in Um, you do have to change in La Spezia as well to get to the Cinque Terre but La Spezia train station is really easy to navigate so just bear that in mind that if you're thinking about doing a day trip to the Cinque Terre don't stay overnight there um, at least for one night because it's just it's just a long L day otherwise. Yeah. So do you want to talk about accommodation? So accommodation we have used in Florence. Uh, we'd probably recommend Airbnbs more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed in, the first place we stayed in was a small hotel, but Airbnb style one place. Um, it was very basic, quite cheap for the night as well, but it's just a very, very basic old hotel room that was... Yeah, Savo, the Savo Narrow Hotel. We'll leave the link in the description. Savo Narrow. I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> Savo Narrow Hotel. Okay. So, yeah, we stayed there and I, it was super cheap. It was only like 55 euro a night or something. Um, basic, cheapest trips. So, um, but I just think the Airbnbs are a little bit better. Um, and then our second time, we stayed in a hostel and that was brilliant. But also was really good fun. I had a lovely courtyard garden area with seating outside. We had a private room. Private room. Beers were only one fifty or mm-hmm. two euro, I think, in the fridge and the reception. 
And there was just a little cute garden out the back. So it meant that we were kind of on a money saving um, expedition at that point. So it was just great to be able to sit in the city centre of Florence and have one year of 50 beers. You can't go wrong no matter where you are. Um, but yeah, no, the accommodation definitely, definitely recommend looking up Airbnbs in Florence. Yeah, I just want to touch on as well hotels. We've had, um, you've had a couple of experiences with people telling you in the bar and also um, a friend of mine had booked a hotel um don't stay in the hotel royale that's all i can say um friends of mine booked to stay in the hotel and what ended up happening was they were actually put in an outbuilding about 5 minutes down the road and when i found out um because we were on the ground i went yeah. to check out the room and uh it was just a terrible it, it was just this crappy outbuilding Wasn't what was that was not anything like yeah. what was advertised and all these additional charges if they wanted access to the pool they'd have to pay 10 euro if they wanted yeah. access to this they'd have to pay more money so it was just i, I you know it wasn't outwardly a scam but i felt a bit scammed by it so they well, cancelled yeah it was very misleading they were very you know, misleading when you rent book a hotel and they put you in a different location on a different property yeah, with, shocking. With no bar in that other property, no access. You have to go back to the original hotel mm-hmm. so for all your daily needs. And no room service and no nothing, even though they said yeah. that that was included in the original booking. So, And our friends that were coming were slightly older, so they wanted an all-inclusive package not to be walking mm-hmm. around from venue to venue. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little, yeah, it felt like a little bit of a scam, even though it was just a hotel doing what a hotel does. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. We've heard some incredible stories about beautiful Airbnbs with terraces and really, really central near the Duomo and near, what's that other square with the Michael Collins pub on it? Uh, Piazza Signoria. Yeah. So there's loads of cute Airbnbs around there. Also in terms of accommodation, will we mention the general area that we stay in and that we currently live in and just how nice it is on this side of the Arno? So yeah, we're just across the river, kind of just away from the centre a little bit. Uh, we're probably a 15 minute walk into the centre, maybe mm-hmm. 20. Um, it's an up and coming area that's very community based. So we're really lucky in that sense that there's some new restaurants, some old restaurants. There's a... Not as many tourists where we are, which is nice, but there's still obviously touristy location, very popular restaurants that people come over to see. We're not far from one that Anthony Bourdain famously visited before he died. Mm-hmm. So our area is kind of up and coming and unique. Yeah. So I would say if if there are cheaper options south of the Arno, um, definitely around the Santo Spirito area even, that's a really, really fun, um, we'll talk about that a little bit more in our fun section, but yeah. don't be nervous about staying on the south side because no you're not far away at all from anything because mm-hmm. even if you stay around Turcato Tasso where we are or Porta San Frediano mm-hmm. the areas there are absolutely lovely yeah and you know the restaurants and the cafes are very local based so the prices are very good yeah way cheaper <laughs> way cheaper over here yeah the sun bars that are very 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 affordable we're near a famous Shirkalo which is a community-run place a garden bar that has very cheap prices so yeah, have a little look just just south of the river in Florence for accommodation. The location here can be very suitable for people just looking for a quieter, more relaxing time, orientated around kind of nice food, good drinks, at a better, mm-hmm. a slightly better value than the centre, obviously. Yeah. 
So now we move on to fun. Uh, so we've got well, we've we'll we'll talk through them as quickly as we can. Cause we I know. I noticed that like, your number one fun activity is the most expensive coffee we ever buy in Florence. I know. I know. I just <laughs> wanted it. So um, again, you know, we're obviously on um, a pretty tight budget, but there is one place that I would highly recommend um, if you want to just splurge that little bit, and it is um, going for a coffee, not a drink, not a drink, a coffee. Um, at the rooftop um, cafe slash bar in the Excelsior Hotel. It has a phenomenal 360 view of the city. I think it's just one of the most beautiful things you could do, like even on your first day in Florence, is just go up there and have a coffee. I will, will say... make you feel like home, because the cappuccino will cost you six euro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a of Ireland, lad. It's, six euro for a coffee. So the way that we break it down in our head, we only do it like once every couple of weeks or yeah. if we have visitors coming over, but it's six euro for a coffee each. So we kind of say that it's two euro for the coffee, two euro for the free biscuits that you get yeah. and two euro for the view. So that's how we kind of justify it in our heads because it is absolutely stunning. Well, we've been very lucky because I know a lot of people are the same. You look up at the top of a fancy hotel, you see a roof bar, you say, oh God, no, prices are going to be insane. They are for drinks up there, but for the view, and every time we've gone up there, it's been really quiet. There hasn't been many people around. I think people are slightly intimidated, which is completely fair. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's why we love it so much. Even for the price for six euro, you kind of get that peace and quiet, your 360 view of the city. And then your little biscuits and really, really, really good service. As yeah, well. really good service. You're just looking for that, that little, that coffee with a little touch of just mm-hmm. kind of premier service. The Western Excelsior is, yeah. is worth it, 100%. Also, if you wanted to go for a sunset drink, they do um, kind of packages. It's €38 Euro and you get a drink and you get access to a kind of little food. Um, they give like, you little appetizers and stuff and that's €38. Euro. But I think the best value for money is actually if there was four, you know, two couples and you went up and a glass of, or a bottle of Prosecco is €40. Euro. So yeah. tenor ahead, you get your glass of Prosecco and you're there to watch the sunset. I think is absolutely fine for for the for the view. So another great view of the city, apart from the hotel, that a lot of people go to is Piazza Michelangelo. It's a walled garden area just south of the bank of the Arno, up on one of the hills. So you get a lovely view of the entire city centre. Mm-hmm. Basically, during the summer, every sunset, people go up there. There's little vendors that sell beer different alcohol there's also music a lot of the times and mm-hmm. then there's a hu- huge um, stared access that people just use a, a seating area for mm-hmm. viewing so you can just look over the entire city you're kind of lined up perfectly with the river so you can see the Ponte Vecchio bridge and mm-hmm. the sun usually comes down behind us so the the view up there in the evening time is absolutely stunning we've witnessed people go up with picnics we, people go up with prosecco with beers everything yeah there's always um there's always brides up there getting their photographs taken there is one crazy guy who's always there kind of amping up the crowd and singing and dancing around uh you'll probably see a proposal or two while you're up there as well some of them could be real some of them could be fake yeah (laughs) but um yeah but it's a great i i find that it's like you know it's about 20 percent florentines and then 80 percent tourists um, and yeah. you can tell the florentines because they have their cute little picnic baskets and their freezer bags and all their stuff in it they're they're prepped they're prepped 
Uh, tell the tourists with their 1.5 liters of red wine that they want about four year old yeah five year old. <laughs> but uh it's a really i think it's a really romantic place and i think that's yeah. where we kind of decided let's move here it was and so beautiful well i recommended if anyone's like just like looking to meet people uh, everyone up on the stairs usually like when we were there we've had some australians some americans it's a kind of good meeting place to chat everyone mm-hmm. kind of leaves the hill at the same time now, they have a nightclub at the top of Piazza Michelangelo, which is very expensive. Yes. So, like, they do try, people do tend to stay up there for sunset, they go into the nightclub. Other people tend to walk down the hill just after dusk. But you'll definitely meet people up there, and yeah. people are up for chatting and getting to know each other. So, it's, it's yeah, if you're, if you're a solo traveler, I highly recommend. Highly recommend going up, yeah, to meet people, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I I will start the next one, which is uh, Finnegan's Irish Pub. Um, Via San Gallo. Via San So it's north, uh, it's kind of the northernmost tip of the city. Um, this is where Cormac works, so please come and mm-hmm. say hello to him. Um, but we'll get you all a lovely pint, don't worry, that All a lovely pint, yeah. Um, but uh, Finnegan's is great in terms of... If you are looking to watch the football, if you're looking, uh, if there's an Irish GAA match you want to watch, I remember going in for the GAA final and I ended up meeting two people from Galway that I actually knew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, loads of Irish people go there and it's, I think it's the most authentic Irish pub in Florence, but I'll let you jump in a little bit here. Well, I don't want to come across as biased now trying to get people into the pub. <laughs> but for me personally, I think it's the most authentic traditional pub abroad. Uh, it's ran by basically four guys one of them is from belfast one is scottish and two others are italian so the scottish owner is the manager operator of the pub here so it has a really nice aesthetic feel because we have like a massive selection of scotch whiskey irish whiskey we have you know we have three tvs we always show the barclays premier league first and then we'll show the scottish premier league and then during the season, we'll show the Gaelic, the hurling. So we get a nice mix. It's a very simple, clean bar. It's not the Guinness like, is all right. The Guinness, Guinness is pretty decent. Bad. Yeah, coming from an Irishman, I can't. You know, it's not the worst pint of Guinness you'll ever have in your life. No, it's, it's, you know, it's 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 better than pints I've gotten in England. Yes, that's, that's for <laughs> sure. But um, <laughs> also, if you're coming to if you're coming to Florence, you know, for even a couple of weeks, a lot of people come over and they spend six weeks here trying to learn Italian. Um, and there's a lovely expat community in Finnegan's. We have yeah. people from America, Wales, yeah. England, Ireland. Um, where you know it's it's a really really nice group. And if you're just kind of tired of not having met anyone and you want to just speak English and have a chill few pints, there'll be a man there'll be a man playing darts that you'll that will start speaking to you within a few minutes. So yeah, so that's the thing. We're we're a little darts pub as well. So we have that nice atmosphere where it's kind of you know. Mm-hmm. It is a quintessential little dive bar, but in the best way possible. Yeah, there's little pub quizzes, like once every two weeks. Good there's whiskey tastings. Nights. Yeah, Whiskey tasting coming up now as well. So Lots of stuff. It's a nice little hub. As well, I have to say, a lot of the um, the budget accommodation, the hostels and hotels are all up in that area. So a lot of people tend to stay up in that area. It's a little bit away from the centre, about a 10-minute walk from the Duomo itself to the pub. A lot of like that's mm-hmm. where our first accommodation was. It yeah. was just past Finnegan's up on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. So a lot of budget accommodation would be up on that side of town. And there's a gigantic hostel as well, plus hostel. If anyone's a young traveler, mm-hmm. I highly recommend traveling through hostels. And um, so there's there's a lot of locations up there where people can stay. Hence why a lot of people come into Finnegan's because it's just it's one of the few bars up that side of town anyway. So people yeah. tend to stop in for their 
the drink home, their last one. Mm-hmm. And if you come into Finnegan's and you tell Cormac, you'll you'll see him because he's the only big, tall Irish bearded man in there. The massive red rosy cheeks. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he might give you a little discount on the first drink. Oh, I might do. If you mention the podcast now, I might have to. <laughs> when we get clear by and everyone shots of a man out of the cap. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the next fun bar that I just want to mention very quickly is it's a little Cuban spot. Um, apparently it's called Antica Paninaria. Antica Paninaria SMN. Uh, the name looks absolutely ridiculous. I thought you'll know it by those crazy painted tables outside. We'll link it in the description. Yeah. Uh, th- but like, there's big paintings of Frida Kaulu and like all all mad stuff all over the tables. But the two bar staff in there are absolutely cracked, cracked. and they're great crack. And you get free crisps. Yeah. And we went there kind of maybe three times, and by the third time they were giving us, you know. Good old discounts on oh, the bikes. We were going there a lot more than three times before they gave <laughs> us the discount, unfortunately. <laughs> but there's one guy basically who is Fidel Castro's doppelganger. Yes, and he just walks around, even into the bar, smoking cigars. Uh, you might think I'm being funny, but the man ge- genuinely dresses <laughs> in a military jacket, the same style cap, glasses, and has a cigar in his mouth at all times. They're great fun. I've seen so many tourists sit down at their tables, being confused by the this the pace of service Mm -hmm. can be a little bit slow and they do their own thing but I recommend staying around because you can meet the craziest locals in all the Florence drinking there it's great great fun we've never had a bad night there no never had a bad night there and they're super welcoming loud music music, people dancing people watch because you're just you're just kind of on a nice section between the Centrali Market and the train station so it's kind of high traffic so you see a lot uh, and as well it's the link link road to the two hostels as well mm-hmm. so there's a lot of just near the train by. station just, yeah it's yeah. not far from the train station and um they do a decent sandwich and a little meat platters and stuff so yeah. um not not mad at those pri- i think 550 for a really big decent sandwich that'll feed you for the day so highly recommend the food there as well not that you'd be eating there you'd be mostly drinking <laughs> um i'll let you take over santa spirito because i think you have a little soft spot for it I love San Spirito, Piazza San Spirito. It is basically a beautiful square with uh, trees and a fountain in the centre. And then each side is just about six or seven bars lined up either side. So it's south of the river, just near Pretty Palace. Yeah, so it's just across from the Pretty Palace. If you take one of the main roads directly leading to the Pretty Palace, you'll you'll reach the um, San Spirito area. Basically, it's not as touristy as the centre. A lot of locals go there. It's a massive place for the aperitivo hour. So from about five to seven o'clock or six to eight. And all the bars, kind of, they all do little tapas. They do your, give you your crisps, your peanuts, everything like that. You're an aperitivo. Some places do a little bit more, depending on the price. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a really nice, relaxing area. And it's also it feels almost brilliant. French, doesn't it? It does feel a little bit French. It kind of, because it's such a, a, a huge area just for seating mm. that there's so many restaurants and buyers literally just lined up one after the other it makes it really nice that it's like you can go there a few days in a row and go to a different bar every yeah. time and sit in a different part of the square mm-hmm. and like it is a fantastic sun trap that people just yes. like having cheap coffees and sitting out the sun and switching over to apple spritzes there is also one rooftop bar place there yes, and there's some cheap yeah it's a hotel so there's a rooftop bar there and that's not extortionate 
And then there's also a few really, really cheap restaurants around that area as well. So really nice for an evening, I think. So yeah, Trattoria um, or Osteria San Spirito is really famous for mm-hmm. being very low priced as well. So that's just on the corner of the square. You won't be able to miss it. Um, there's actually a lot of beautiful little local restaurants in that area. Um, and some... Do you want to talk about your favorite thing about San Spirito? The markets. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So on Sundays, there is a typically a farmer's market mixed in with uh, kind of vintage. vintage, just like a Sunday farmer's market, to be honest. Um, they have like a lovely selection. Some weeks they have a fresh food stall that does all the different cheeses, the Tuscan meats. Sometimes there might be an actual food vendor doing like the lamp radata, the stomach sandwiches, so mm-hmm. like tripe and everything, which is a very famous dish in Florence. Um, you never sometimes there's only about 10 stalls there and sometimes you go and there's fucking 50 of them and yeah. antiques and so it, it's also very weather dependent and, yes you know <laughs> italians they're similar to irish in the sense that ah the weather's shite we won't bother today mm-hmm. do you know i know irish people are a bit more stubborn where it's like the weather's always shite so we'll just put up the tent yeah yeah but, uh, <laughs> italians funny enough if it's a really nice sunny day it's the same thing here where they might, it might be too nice for them. Mm-hmm. They might have to go on a holiday somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, usually, no, the sun, every Sunday in Santa Spirito, I think every second Saturday, or it's every second or third Saturday that switches. But um, there's also another market on the square. There seems to be a market there on a Monday as well. So, Just, yeah, if you go Park has one on Tuesdays mm-hmm. and then Piazza Libertà which is up by past train station on the way to Finnegan's. They also do one, I believe, every second Saturday. Uh, so actually just walk around the city centre and you'll run into some kind of a bloody yeah, market. Yeah, basically just <laughs> keep walking through piazzas and <laughs> you will find the Santa Maria Novella where the train station is also has a, I think it's also every second week, mm-hmm. every second Saturday. I don't think it's every week. No, it could be every week in the summer. No, that's mm. yeah. It could be every week in the summer because now we're just in an awkward time of like the tourists are coming back, so a lot of things are reopening fully for summer. Like they they change their hours, and mm-hmm. um, so now we might have to update people on. Let's maybe touch on opening our. Oh no, we'll get through fun first, and then we'll just touch on opening hours. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um. So I'll touch on Fiesle very, very quickly. If you're here um, in Florence for maybe more than three or four days, um, Fiesle again has another... Be- so Fiesle is um, its own city, technically its own city. Uh, it, it's a It's got a beautiful little square and um, an Irish pub actually up at the top, but it overlooks the whole um, city and it's it's got the Leonardo da, Vin- da Vinci um, garden up there as well. Um, but yeah, so it's just a really nice... Um, kind of feels a little bit countryside you're up in the Tuscan hills and um it's only maybe 15 minutes on the bus the bus is only two euro um so I'd highly recommend if you want to do something a bit different for sunset one of the days and you've already done Piazza Michelangelo to head up there you won't be meeting people really up there you'll kind of get your own spot but um that'd be the the number seven bus from San Marco yes for anyone who's ever going to be getting a bus in Florence Mainly San Marco is one of the biggest stations. Yeah. So uh, I say stations, basically squares where the buses Yeah, are there's Santa Maria Novella where you can get your buses and then San Marco is the other place. So they're kind yeah. of the two main places to get them. I also just want to briefly uh, do a little shout out ourselves for the Irish pub tour. 
So we are on Airbnb, but we never really open up the dates. We kind of just take bookings in the pub. But feel free to shoot us an email or submit through the contact form. If um, you wanted to join us on a pub tour, we go to four of the best Irish pubs in Florence. We play games. You get a minimum of four drinks and then you get a chance to win loads of shots. And it's just mighty crack, isn't it? Mighty crack all together. And you get to meet us. I don't know you. Everything you need to know where to go for your fry for the hangover the next day. Yeah. The whole shebang. So. Bring you around. We'll even teach you how to pour a pint of Guinness if you don't know. Yes. The perfect Italian pint. (laughs) So, yeah, it's 40 euro for the tour um, per person. But, uh, you know, the tour lasts over three hours and then you can just go drinking with us for the yeah, night. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Do you have any questions about that? If it seems complicated, please let us know. Yes. Uh, as well in Florence, it's fantastic. They have a Florentine magazine. It is a free magazine that's released start every month that basically updates everyone on what is happening. It's all written in English. It's kind of based at basically expats and anyone from an English background that lives in Italy. So they'll... They basically present all of the markets, all of the festivals, all of the concerts, all of the food experiences. Art shows, openings. So the Florentine, they usually have their magazines in a range of places. Um, It's a lot of English speaking, like there's Scandinavian restaurants here. There's the cafes here that are Finnish. So there's a lot of those locations that will have the magazine for you. We also supply them in the pub. You'll find them in a lot of the, the news agents as well. And the tobaccos tend to sell, well, not sell them, they're all free, but they tend to give them away as well. And they have a great website. It's just called the Florentine.net so, and all yeah. the events will be up there. We just want to touch very briefly on opening hours and times and things like that for like in Florence because it's a little bit odd we entered it's complicated lads I'm not gonna lie um it gets too hot here and everyone decides that they need to fuck off to the coast and just close their shop or their restaurant or their pub for two weeks so two weeks a whole month of August usually well I I was gonna say two weeks at Christmas two two or three weeks in the summer sometimes Easter as well a lot of them can just f off yeah Um, so yeah, because we moved into our area in August or late July, August, where we live, all the restaurants were closed. We thought we sept- lived in a dead town. In September, then all of a sudden, all the because sh- it's all underneath the, just the classic grey shutters, so you don't know there's a restaurant there until the shutters are up. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, we were surrounded by restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, during the height, <laughs> height of the heat in summer. A lot of the families and locals who run a lot of businesses, they tend to go on their holidays. Yes. They love holidays over here. It's the Italian. La Dolce Vitae, mm-hmm. the sweet life. They're taking it easy. They make their money. They, they go to the coast. It's a lot cheaper over here, honestly, so you can do it. Yeah, essentially don't come in August. It's way too hot. It's up over 40 degrees and half the town is closed down. Because yeah, everyone's half, the ta- to the half the town of Florence are all in, all in the coast town. Yeah. So just go to the coast towns if you want to experience Florence at the best point. Um, <laughs> That's where all the quarantine is there. The other thing then is just that a lot of places will only stay open. And this kind of covers a lot of Italy. A lot of places only stay open until 2 o'clock for lunch. So they might open at 11 or 12. Then they close at 2 then they're closed until maybe six. Some restaurants don't open again until seven, half yeah. seven, eight o'clock. 
Um, so get your food into you or get your sandwiches or whatever before two o'clock because you're not going to get it after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've been caught out a few times in a few different locations with that because we'd be late risers and so we'd only be having our breakfast at kind of regular lunchtime. Yeah. Um, but by about five o'clock, we're both absolutely starved and they're just nowhere open. So yeah. and they take they take their religious Sundays here a lot more a lot more seriously than Irish people do. Yes, because everything is closed. So yes. any family run cafe restaurant tobacco shop even are all shut yeah so get your tobacco on saturday night if you're a smoker get as much tobacco cigarettes on saturday night because there's only a few tobaccos in florence well this cover is generally obviously all of italy seeing that sundays are just crap for buying stuff mm-hmm. but in florence there's only a handful of tobacco that will be open on a sunday so just be warned so uh just to let you guys know that um you know, we think Ireland is bad with the 10pm cut off for um, off-license sales, but it's 9pm across the board here in Italy. Um, a little workaround, though, is that the shops do stay open until 10, half 10 sometimes, half 9 on a Sunday, 9 o'clock for some places. Um, but if you order through delivery, you can get alcohol at yeah. any time up until the shop closes. So just let you know, if you get caught out and you have 10 o'clock off-license time stuck in your head, um, yeah, just bear in mind that it's nine here. And as well, like a lot of the alley markets, the mini Indian markets, they will sell you beer afterwards if you're sound and if they know you. If you've got cash and a bag. Yeah, cash and a bag. They, they'll let you do it up until about half nine, quarter ten, the absolute latest. <laughs> but um, yeah, just, just be warned that as well, those alley markets and smaller stores will be nearly charging you double. Mm-hmm. Um, so we recommend if you're buying wine or stuff for your trip, go to the supermarkets, go to the Entecas, the vino shops, but the alley markets will be your most expensive purchase. Yes. So we're going to touch on a little tourist guide section now, um, kind of the most famous touristic places to go, galleries, gardens, all that kind of stuff. And we'll just whack through them. And you, Cormac, you can just jump in and say if you like them or not, if it's worth going to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Ponte Vecchio is a very, very famous bridge. It's fa- it's in Assassin's Creed. Uh, it's a big gold bridge. Um, so it's really cool. It's got buildings on top of the bridge. And um, the gold bridge, you mean, and they sell gold. They sell gold. It's not made bridge. of gold. Yes, yes. So I get confused. Um, but we uh, we like Ponte Vecchio for one reason only, and that is because there is only one cross section of the bridge that has a breeze in the height of summer. Florence is in a giant valley, That's and therefore, story. therefore, there is no breeze except we for on Ponte Vecchio. <laughs> but it's super busy during the summer, and don't buy gold from there; it's extremely overpriced. Oh, um, so yeah, Ponte Vecchio, you'll definitely cross over it at some stage. If you're coming from the Duomo and want to go to Santo Spirito or Pretty Palace or the Bobbly Gardens, you'll be crossing over it anyway. So um, Santa Croce is eight euro for entry. It's a church and it has all the Ninja Turtles buried in there. Uh, Michelangelo, Raphael, all the lads. Oh, boys. Yeah, Dante is in there as well. Um, and there's a, <laughs> there's a little uh, garden out the back, so... Highly recommend going there. They also hold concerts in the little courtyard garden during the summer as well. And the Christmas market is held there in the winter. Um, the Uffizi Gallery, it's the most visited gallery in all of Italy, which is absolutely insane. Um, you can get free entry to the Uffizi the first Sunday of every month, but the queues are absolutely insane. So so just be warned, um, just book a ticket in advance and go on a different day. It's not that expensive. They have so many different works. Michelangelo, Raphael, like there's Caravaggio. It's, it's, it's the pretty, biggest one in Florida. Yeah, it's pretty insane. So highly recommend going there. 
The Academia, again, um, it's free the first Sunday of every month, if not every Sunday um, during the height of summer. And that's where David is, um, the big owl statue. Um, we found the academia. We just kind of walked in, saw David, and walked around very quickly and it got was out. Tiny. So yeah, the academia again. You can get tickets pretty cheap if you didn't want to wait in the queue, but the queue moves so quickly because it's so small. Yeah. So we'd highly recommend just going when it's free, waiting in the queue. You might be waiting twenty minutes. Get there either really early in the day or really late in the day, and uh, then you'll just be able to kind of walk in. So the Pity Palace um, slash the Bobbly Gardens. You can choose to just go to the Bobbly Gardens uh, by itself if you want. Or you can go and do both. Um, you can pre-book tickets. Or if you're a resident or if you have a residence card, maybe you could get a nice Italian to give you the residence card for a day, although I doubt it. Um, We're not suggesting that you break the law to get in. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty affordable anyway. I will just say, do not go to the Bobbly Gardens in the height, height of summer. There's no shade. The fountains aren't on. And apparently it looks like a bit of a war zone. Yeah. Um, but also don't go in the height of winter because there's nothing in bloom. So if you're coming kind of... Sweet spot you're looking for. <laughs> sweet spot you're looking for, yeah. Either September, October or kind of April, May. Um, otherwise, it, it can just be a little bit rubbish, um, even though it's still beautiful and palatial to walk around. But um, yeah, wouldn't be paying into it otherwise. Then there's the Duomo and the tower beside the Duomo. Uh, you can buy an inclusive ticket for, I think it's €27 Euro for three days, and you can yeah. get access to the Duomo. You can climb up the tower and you can get into the museum as well. Yeah. I think that's pretty good, bang for buck. People usually climb up the Duomo, and we would advise not to do that and to climb up the tower instead because the view from the tower is absolutely stunning. Um, we've heard that when people have climbed up the Duomo, like on the inside, that it's actually extremely narrow. And um, if you're in any way scared of heights, you won't like going up the Duomo one. Because um, yeah, basically in the centre, inside the Duomo is where the steps are. So you're looking down into the church and it's... Like 60, 70 feet up in the air, maybe 80 feet like inside. So that's kind of scary. And then you're up on top of the Duomo and it's really narrow, steep stairs. Yeah. I think there's more, there's more steps in the Duomo than the tower. The tower is 414 steps. Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And in the, inside the Duomo, the Duomo outside, absolutely beautiful. The Duomo inside, a little bit underwhelming. There's not much in there. So Basically, there used to be a lot of interesting shit inside and they took it all out and put it into museum. So when people come to Florence, they often want to go to the Tuscany Hills, to the lovely vineyards that are around there. And there are loads and loads and loads of bus tours that go and do this. So you can do it in large groups where it's more affordable. You can get it for as cheap as maybe 50 euro a ticket and you go to two or three vineyards and you get lunch and you might even stop off in a different little town for the morning. Um, but it can go all the way up to as expensive as you want. Yes, so, so you can do one that's, uh, I think, about 100 euro. You get an eight kilometer hike. You get three vineyards and a lunch at one of the vineyards. So that's like one of the examples. If you're, if you're a healthy person who also likes to drink wine, you can do a hike or a cycle. So there's loads of different, it, it is brilliant mm-hmm. in Tuscany that there's so many options for different styles of tours. There's a horse riding one as well. Yeah, yeah. there's a load of different ones. There's even one that will bring you to the Cinquaterra, park you at one end, hike you through it, mm-hmm. and then hit some vineyards on the way back. Because obviously in between both, there's a lot of them. Um, so if you're coming to Florence, obviously it's, Chianti, Chianti Hills, and mm-hmm. most famous hills around here. Um, so that that's what people usually go for, Chianti Classico. Uh, so yeah, the tours themselves are really good. We have a friend called Stefano, who runs one called Out of the Box Florence. Yes. So he, off- he offers a load of different um, style tours. So yeah, hiking, so- cycling, 
day trips to Cinque Terre or just day trips in the vineyards, lunch included. So Yeah, so out of the box would be the kind of higher tier. You could rent a private car from them even. They'd be your most expensive um, if you really want to plan something special, maybe if you're on your honeymoon. Um, or um, you can go as cheap. The cheapest one that we found is on Get Your Guide and you're going on a big bus tour with lots of other people. Um, but that works out at maybe like 50 euro. So lots of different options limitless really limitless so whatever your budget is you can really kind of chase whatever you want which is fantastic so now we're going to move on to the very exciting segment which is food (laughs) um we've in this section we've put in a mix of italian restaurants and then we've also put in some coffee shops and some alternative foods as well our favorite places all of our favorite places yes um so we're kicking off with uh Sabantinos. Sabby Sabs. Sabantinos. Your cheapest dinner you can possibly get. It's unreal. This was in Ireland. It'd be sold out every single night, day, yeah. morning, lunchtime, breakfast, the whole thing. The whole thing. So Sabantinos is a small trattoria, classical, classical restaurant. Um, south side of the river. South side of the river. It has a very small menu, about four starters, five mains, and whatever homemade desserts they're doing that night. Do you want to say how much a half roasted chicken is, though? Oh, what is it, like six euro? Six euro. Yeah, it's unreal. Like Side you... of potatoes on the side, roasted potatoes, two euro, green beans, two euro. So Sabatino's was one of the last, for anyone who knows Anthony Bourdain, he was, was one of the last places he visited, unfortunately, before he passed in yeah. France. So this place has a little bit of a, of a cult following for any tourists who love Anthony Bourdain who come to Florence. Mm-hmm. Um, we absolutely love it because, yeah, it's really It's cheaper to go there than it is to actually buy groceries and Quite cook. literally. Yeah, <laughs> it is, honest to God. We went for dinner for four of us with wine, two two courses each, and then I think two of us got desserts. So mm-hmm. 60 euro. Yeah, ridiculous. 60 euro. Yeah. You know, so Florence is, if you're worried that it's going to be very, very, very expensive enough market, no, no. No, you there's some. restaurants that are very reasonable. There's like, some places. The prices here compared to, compared to Dublin are uh, insanity. Night day. Night, night day. day. Night. So Sabantino's, they like very traditional. They don't do pizzas, but they do um, a variation of plain pastas. And if you if you're a woman now who likes her meat, potatoes, and two veg, I'd uh, highly recommend going there. Yeah. Um. But just the hours are a little bit strange. So they're only open from Monday to Friday. They're not open on the weekends. They're open from lunch from about eleven until half one, and then they don't open again until seven. They're open from like seven until last table. You probably get in there is about half nine, quarter to ten. Um, so very, very limited opening hours. There will be a queue no matter what time, especially if you come in the height of summer, there's always going to be a queue. So you'd be waiting outside the door for about a half an hour, I'd say. But if you're looking to do stuff on the cheap, you want a big dinner, definitely, definitely go there. It's, yeah. it's absolutely great. Moving on then is another, well, Florence is obviously very famous, Tuscany, especially for steak, for meat, mm-hmm. um, has so, some of the best steak restaurants in the world, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there are a few that are on the top 100 steak restaurants in the world. Uh, I think there's three possibly in the centre that are officially on the list. Mm-hmm. There's also a few that locals have told us should be on the list but aren't. Yeah. Um, but San Lorenzo, Trattoria San Lorenzo, which is just off the Medici Chapel, is one place that we love because you can get a meat platter there. Which 38 euro. 38 euro consists of two steaks, two pork chop, two lamb chop, two... Sausages. Sausages. Like big thick sausages, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it's re I find that that meat platter for two is really affordable. Um, especially, you know, some of the steaks for two people can cost you like from 80 euro upwards. Um, so if you're craving meat, but you don't want to pay the high prices, San Lorenzo is great. We also went there for lunch. So if you are planning to go to the Medici chapel, definitely go there for lunch. Their lasagna was absolutely bitch. And you've had some gorgeous pasta dishes there. Homemade meatballs there once. It's really good. So another very, very, very good meat orientated restaurant. Very fancy as well inside. It's kind of, you know, modern contemporary. Um, but the the prices reflect quite well, I think. Yeah, um, if you if you want to go for like a fancy dinner out, uh, but don't want to blow the bank, yeah, San Lorenzo is great. Beautiful setting as well. In a great area. ten minutes can do all that. Five minutes. Yeah, and um, it's it's just really really pretty. The staff are absolutely brilliant as well. I must say, every waiter that we've had there, they've all had their own unique charm and have been really lovely. Um, so yeah, cannot highly recommend enough. But again, just if you're going on a weekend or in the height of summer, do book in advance unless you're going for lunch. There's always places for lunch. Uh, and they do have outdoor seating in the summertime, which they don't have kind of come September. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have more limited spaces. Um, so yeah, I just, I just popped ahead in at lunchtime and say, can we make a reservation for later on today? Yeah. And the staff are really good about speaking English as well. So, uh, you should feel comfortable enough. The next place we'll talk about is the Centrale Market, just um, to go and visit and get mm. all your touristy bits. And if you have an Airbnb, to go and get your groceries there. But the Centrale Market upstairs has a gigantic food hall. So if you're in a group or if you're in a couple uh, or even yourself, if you don't know what you want to get, uh, Centrale Market is really, really good because they have so many options. So yeah, like uh, upstairs, you can get... They have like a cooking school up there as well. So you can actually get cooking lessons up there. You can also get fresh fish. You can get steak. But then you also can get Chinese. There's a dumpling place. There's some sandwich places. There's a really nice mix upstairs. They have a central bar unit as well that um, actually serves Murphy's Irish Stout, <laughs> uh, which is madness. Five fifty a pint. It's great. Um, yeah, the prices for pints are quite reasonable. Yeah, Moretti, Moretti pint and Murphy's pint, I think, are both five fifty. Uh, the last time we were there, which is very good for a pint in, in the mid, right in the middle of mm-hmm. of, of the centre of Florence. It's very good for yeah. a pint. But the setting is lovely. You can just go up to the bar, grab your thing, and then you just grab your trays. It's all long tables. so They also show um, sports as well on the weekend. They have a big flat screen TV. They might put the football game on. So I've seen uh, like groups of guys going there and having food and beers and watching the games. So that's another option if there's any big sports on. For especially, yeah, especially for a big group, I think it's very yeah. good because everyone can just get what they want. Uh, closed on Sundays. Closed, closed on, on Sundays. Sundays, yeah. But uh, otherwise, I think it stays open until 11 o'clock at night, which is great. My favourite place in Florence. Go on, love, tell them. Oh my God. Tell them about it. So there are many, 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 many sandwich places. Around every corner. Around every corner. Second shop sometimes. There's some very famous sandwich places. You can see, oh God, what's the name of the one that has queues for miles? Alviano Antica. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really overrated, to be honest. Like the sandwiches look amazing and all that, but it's just, I'm not standing in a queue in the height of summer for up to an hour for a sandwich. Um, That really famous sandwich shop has a second location on a place called San Marco, which is a lot quieter than the original. Yes, yes. So I would recommend if you do want to try that sandwich place, just go in, it, it, that, that's south of the Duomo, uh, around the Uffizi area. But the one that I think is better because it's uh, smaller queues is north of Duomo in an area called San Marco. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you do want to try out that sandwich, just to say that you tried it, just go to Because if you look this. on Instagram, anything, Pinterest, like whatever you look at, this sandwich shop will come up. Yeah. But go to its other location in San Marco because you'll be in a queue 
for an outrageously long time. Oh, it's ridiculous. Outrageously long. So um, my favourite sandwich place in all of Florence is, it's just along the main street if you're walking from the Duomo to Ponte Vecchio. It's right across from H&M. <laughs> or, um, and the, the small leather market. There's a small leather there, market, yeah. yeah. And um, there's the Lucky Hog. Um, but essentially, it's just this little, um, <laughs> it's just a little cave, essentially. It's just, um, it's just a little window. They have a big pig lying out the front a big dead pig lying in the window there's no restaurant lads there's no door no it's just a hatch in a wall a hatch and a wall pork and pork only yeah so it's just um uh, another porchetta prosciutteria kind of place mm-hmm. um we'll list it in the description the actual name of it uh because it's it can be a li- it's not tricky to find but it's you know it's- you walk past it very easily if there was a crowd yeah outside you wouldn't notice it you won't see could people queue against the window and then obviously because there's no entrance <laughs> it just disappears so yeah, you so will you will find it easily but it's, it's almost like a market stall really yeah. uh, but there's three sound lads they all take turns working there and porchetta just if nobody knows and um, so it's like this roast pork and then they do their own version of stuffing um so i get the sandwich that has the roast pork the stuffing you get a little bit of crackling and then you get um a salsa verde which is just absolutely amazing um and the bread is unbelievable um what i will say is once you grab it for takeaway the bread tends to last about an hour and a half. We've tested this we, at we, our we little picnic. <laughs> so you, if you eat it within an hour and a half, it's absolutely delicious or else you'll have to like reheat it in the oven because it can get a little bit um, yeah. dry. But it's the best sandwich in all of Florence, in my opinion. Um, they're also on Just Eat, I believe. So mm. um, yeah, we'll link their name in the description, but absolutely insane sandwiches. I make Cormac cycle across town sometimes <laughs> just to go uh, and pick up. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> the sandwiches are worth it. I'm going to let you take over the uh, the next spot because you have a little soft spot for it. Yes, yeah, so uh, I believe the official name is Antico Trattoria del Tito dal 1925, I think. Um, it's on Via Sangalo, just past the pub I work in. Let's just say everyone, everyone calls it Tito's. <laughs> Tito's like the vodka for any American listeners. Um, so yeah, Tito's basically essentially is quite a locals restaurant. Uh, people don't really know about it in the terms that tourists do find it, but it's always seems to be they've gotten a recommendation from someone who was there themselves that was recommended it's kind of like a word of mouth restaurant if you're in the know you're in the know if you're in the know you know so tito's basically the best way to describe it is it's a classic trattoria style the staff are all insane Mm -hmm. all the reviews are written on the walls in sharpies yeah they play early house music when we were there so barbie barbie girl came on barbie girl came on the chefs Um, were dancing around blue Stop for take. Yeah. That came like every, like it was ridiculous. On the menu, it says, don't order meat. Well done. We won't do it here. It's the tradition. Don't ask for a cappuccino. If you do, we'll, we'll charge you 5 million euro. Yeah. <laughs> on the wall and a sign. It's absolutely amazing. It's tongue it's in very cheek. Much, really um, fun. Tongue in cheek. Very fun. If you don't like the way we do things, there's the fucking door. Mm. You know, this is our way or the highway. And I love that type of restaurant because. The service is unbelievably quick, fast. Yeah. And the best part of the whole thing is after you've had your delicious food or your bistecca fiorentina <laughs> is that they come down to the table with two full bottles, usually a limoncello and then a mal of the capo, mm-hmm. which um, we'll get into again another day. But the mal of the capo is a liqueur over here. Amaro means bitter. So they have a few different varieties. So it's really popular after dinner drink. Some people have it before dinner. 
you know, whatever floats your fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they drop down a whole bottle and shot glasses and you can help yourself. So anyone that I've ever sent up there to come back to the pub that's come back pissed. Yeah. <laughs> because of all the limoncello they've been given. But yeah. no, amazing experience. I think it's... Um, they do great. They do they a great Lacarno yeah. de Malta. So Lacarno de Malta. So they do great steak there. Um, they're they're a famous they're a famous steak place essentially, yeah. um. But yeah, there's always locals in there. Most of them have okay English. Um, there's a menu in English, I believe, as yeah, well. Yeah, so, an English menu. Um, but yeah, I would just recommend. Um, I'd skip out on the appetizers to be fair. I'd jump straight in for the old steak or meat mm. or whatever you want. Um, the appetizers, I think you can find better elsewhere. Maybe go to like a little. Speaking of better appetizers, it'll move us beautifully on. Yes. To the next place. Zaza's. So Zaza's is located. So Zaza's is the busiest restaurant in Florence. There's always a queue at the door, but don't worry. It's absolutely massive inside. Like absolutely massive. It's probably 200 and something seater restaurant. I'm not sure exactly. But from what we can see, more 200 being modest. So when you see a gigantic queue outside, don't worry. They will turn over tables like I think they're like thirty staff. Yeah, it's so. huge. So um, the menu is about eleven pages long. So it's have, Gordon Ramsay's nightmare. Yeah, or dream. I don't know. <laughs> it's so long. Um, the menu, but there's something for everyone, and I think that's why that's a lot why of people it's so go there. Popular, yeah, because it's just somebody wants steak, you can go there. Somebody wants a massive selection of pasta, you can go there. They have a small enough selection of pizzas, to be fair. but Small selection of pizzas, but I can only imagine that's because of the size of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. (laughs) I'd love to see the kitchen, considering how many people they serve daily. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's an incredible operation. But but our our favourite then is, so there's an appetiser for, it's like a taste of the appetisers for €12 per person. Um, You can just get it on your own, or we tend to get it. Um, two, if you get two appetizers for three people, I think that's the sweet spot. Yeah. Um, but they do like bruschetta or bruschetta. They do crostinis with like liver pate. They do eggs with truffle. They do, do burrata cheese with some olive oil. Lots of different meats. They do like artichoke, tomatoes. Like it, it's one of the nicest rounded appetizers mm-hmm. I think we've gotten in terms of. They do little pork balls. They do little as well. pork balls. They give you a few slices of meat. They give you a few. They give you a really nice selection, olives and everything. So it's a bit more rounded. We got the one in Tito's, but it was more just meat orientated. Yeah, which is grand and nice, but it's nice having a variety of different things. I think if you want to really taste, yeah, if you want to taste like you know some, a few different meat, if it's kind of your first day and you want to taste like uh, oh, everything, yeah, you just want a little taste of everything. Let's see what you like. Yeah. yeah, so they do all the speciality <laughs> passes from like each city in Italy have their own pasta dish each region. So Zazas tend to do each region's pasta dish, but they also offer doing it in their own. A lot of the menus will, like, items will be doubled, but then one of them will be done in a Zaza style, mm-hmm. which is just the best on putting the old swing on things, which is a lovely option to have as well. Yeah. If you want to try out, because they do, like, um, Livorno special, which is bacala Livornese, mm-hmm. if I'm pronouncing it correctly, which is cod in a tomato sauce, but they do it, I think, with a little bit of spice, so they just, like, kind of, up the ante so yeah really good place for for variety super central uh very very cheap as well um again that makes appetizers appetizers 12 euro but that's the most expensive by far kind of eight nine euro for a pasta dish yeah uh, you can't you can't blow the budget really there at no. all um i just want to touch on our last kind of uh traditional italian place uh which is uh, trattoria del ortos so um 
I think that it's the best steak in Florence that we've tried so far anyway. Um, Really, really nice restaurant. It was super cute. We went there in the middle of winter, actually. Yeah, it was just cozy, fairy lights. Um, But yeah, it's open for lunch or it's open for a late night dinner. I'd highly recommend going there for a late night dinner. Uh, Not as busy. Again, it's on the south side of the river. It's actually only around the corner from Sabatino's. Um, It's a family owned run place as well. And the owner actually apparently is quite well known in Florence. He's been in this location for many years. And he sits at the chef's table beside the kitchen going in, giving out to them every so often. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, he's like, it's a really traditional place. The owner seems absolutely lovely. He looks like Gennaro. If anyone ever watched Jamie Oliver's mentor, Gennaro, that's exactly <laughs> who I thought it was. So I know he's Italian to Italian. So and know. they have a very strange cardboard cutout of him outside, outside the restaurant, which, which freaks strange. us out every yeah, time we go to the we shop. We just think there's a man waving at us, but it's just yeah, the owner <laughs> has his own cutout, which is yeah, but I'm um, <laughs> bit mad, um, yeah. bit mad, bit mad. But I suppose if he's famous, then um, but yeah, no, just another um traditional option that again isn't too 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 expensive, um, but that's where you're gonna get your bitch and steaks. So. Yeah, yeah, and as well as yeah, lovely setting inside the restaurant, yeah. very quiet side of town, so worth the trip. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know we're kind of focusing on the south side of the river a little bit, but that's just what we know the best. Um, and again, the prices are just so much cheaper. Just avoid the Duomo. Avoid a 500 meter radius around the Duomo. The restaurants aren't as nice. And if they are nice, then they're super upscale and they're going to be like costing you 100 euro for a meal. Yeah. The little area around the Centrale Market isn't too bad. Like no. there's there's some actually, when you leave Zaza's, if you're in Zaza's, there's some like lovely little bars. There's a Sabor Cubano, which is an authentic Cuban bar run by a family mm-hmm. that just do like the authentic rum cocktails. So like there are options for cheaper but around the Duomo directly around the Duomo is tourist trap central yes what I would say is if you're looking at the map of Florence you want to pick out Santa Maria Novella church and anything south north or west of that job anything that's east of that is going to be a little bit more expensive because mm. you're coming into the Duomo and stuff. So, um, yeah, if you any, there's lots of places around Santa Maria Novella, just a little bit south of Santa Maria Novella, um, between Santa Maria Novella and the river. And there's loads of places for lunch that you can get, like lunches, uh, like two courses and a glass of wine for like twelve euro. Um, so I'd highly recommend going around um, that area. But if you're sick of, so if you are, a lot of people do the traditional, they go to Rome for a few days and they go to Florence and they go to Venice. Halfway through, you're going to get sick of pastas and pizzas. Uh, you might think you won't. You will. And so we have an excellent recommendation. Which the ultimate is, answer. Oh, the best Indian food that we have tried in all of Italy. Um, there's two very good Indian restaurants, actually, in Florence. One is called Crown of India, and it's based up just um, behind the back of the train station. Mm-hmm. Really nice restaurant. Would highly recommend going in and lovely sitting in sit- there. Sit-in restaurant. Really, really lovely sit-in restaurant, I have to say. Again, lovely mixed appetizer. Um, they do like loads of different samosas and all that kind of stuff. Pora and stuff. Yeah. And onion bhajis. So um, highly recommend the mixed appetizer starter from them. A uh, little bit more expensive. Will yeah. say so. Um, you're gonna be you're gonna be paying the same price as you would for like a traditional, um, you know, proper traditional Italian meal. Uh, but if you want to be cheap and cheerful. Uh, or if you have an Airbnb or a hotel room and you're dying and you just want to get some takeaway or delivery, um, New Delhi is the spot. I'll let you I'll let you take over the menu. Well, it's just it's one of those places. It's a tiny, tiny restaurant. There's four staff. They're all family. 
Dad is head chef, brother is sous chef, mother and daughter run the front. Little picnic metal tables inside the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Very, very old school, like traditional kind of, you know, like, oh, this place looks like crap on the inside. But that's how you know the food coming out of the kitchen is just it's so amazing good. so like your ghost lamb curry chicken curry chicken korma chicken masala lads it's just class it's, it's like so the best it, it, i haven't tasted better food in ireland for indian absolutely no not like at all i can't way. i can't eat indian anymore when i go home no why because like, this is ruined it now yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i would actually say like from someone who has eaten a lot of indian food and has eaten a lot of indian food in birmingham and also edinburgh randomly so. <laughs> um so it's i would highly recommend um just going to new delhi the food is absolutely unreal yep. your curry ba- like your curry bases with your meat are going to set you about nine euro uh 850 to 950 depending on if you get lamb or chicken and then we would recommend getting a vegetable barani and sharing that between two people if you want like a really nice um kind of rice base as well but they do all the different nans they don't do onion bhaji there just uh fyi um but there's plenty of other deliciousness that makes up for it um I yeah the lamb curry just just the jiraloo the lamb curry the, yeah everything there yeah yeah it's, it, it's really really authentic Indian comfort food and we'll say and... that they know <laughs> we get it we don't get it so often like we might get it like once every three weeks yeah but well, the guy knows us the guy knows us <laughs> he now, waves yeah. at us on the street when we walk because we're probably the only people that ring and order in English <laughs> yeah <laughs> although we are getting better at ringing in yeah. Italian but they do have pretty good English there as well I will say so uh, yeah if you're looking for a bit of a change of pace and maybe just want to check out that side of the river and you're sick of Italian food then please go there because uh, they're so nice. Yes, they're lovely. And I'll also, if you're also sick of Italian coffee, we have another option for you in the terms of Wild Buns Bakery, which is a Scandinavian-style coffee shop that only opened up la- late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a very, very popular pop-up, and basically their bakery style was used for a lot of the restaurants around, so they opened up their own last year. So if you want a little change, they do all of the... Um, the like cinnamon buns yeah they do cinnamon they do like traditional scandinavian pastries there um so yeah if you're lots of cinnamon caramel chocolate you know savory and sweet they also do like a a breakfast fried bagel yeah so it is homemade sourdough they do Mm -hmm. some brown bread so it is authentic Scandinavian, but um, a nice, nice option as well. Nice yeah, change. If, like if, if you're somebody that likes an oat cappuccino or anything like that, they're one of the better places. A lot of Italian traditional coffee shops will only really have soya milk mm-hmm. as a backup. So if you're looking for uh, oat milk, especially good quality oat milk cappuccino or latte or anything, I recommend Wild Buns. Yeah, Wild Buns is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I do just want to touch on for the end of the food section is... Uh, especially for American listeners out there, is you might be expecting to see your chains here. Um, you know, like your McDonald's, your Starbucks, your um, I'm trying like KFC, kind of, you know, those those chains. Um, and I will just say, number one, there's no KFC whatsoever here. Um, there is um a McDonald's here. Um, and the McDonald's is pretty okay quality, but it's right near the train station. And there's also a Starbucks in the train station, but that's it. So and a Burger King just up the road from McDonald's. Yeah. All, all of the big chains are 20, 30 meters from the train from the station. Train station. So um, that's, that area is... That's commitment. more... So the Florence City Council, they are very, very strict on 
you know, Starbucks and McDonald's have tried to come into Duomo Square. They've tried to come into, um, you know, Santa Maria Novella and the council are just not having it. That's not what they want for their city. Um, but they do allow um, within a certain radius of the train station for these um, chains to be there. Yeah. So just to say that, um, you know, if you're a fussy eater or if you're traveling with somebody who is a fussy eater, that those are options. Um, we don't recommend them. You know, obviously you're in Italy once in a lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. So, but if you're on the long haul trip, uh, creature like, comfort, like you yeah, know, and you want that little creature comfort, there are options. There's plenty of options. You yeah. Know. Um, There's even a hard rock cafe in the in the Duomo Center. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the restaurants that's obviously very popular with Americans when they want to try and watch sports and like any baseball, football games that are on. Yeah. I'll just say as opposed to like Rome has KFCs and Burger Kings and all those like on every corner, you know, yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. they don't really have that in Florence. So just no. be warned. Florence is a lot more traditional and in the sense as well, like they they haven't let lime the company line set up any bicycles or scooters here they've only allowed two to kind of obviously to make less mm-hmm. bicycles on the streets and pollute the street because people in rome hate it yeah and um, so they didn't allow them in florence so florence is a little bit more stricter than trying to keep their their traditional heritage alive in the sense of you mm-hmm. know supporting local and there are a lot of local family-run restaurants you know five places that have waiters and waitresses that have been there for 40 50 years yeah like even Sabantino's, i think that the two ladies that run it are 80 years old yeah yeah or or, or 177 mm-hmm. i don't know it's yeah so hard over here but i will say it's you know we're on kind of a different because cormac works um you know in a bar and it's late nights and everything um and i've always worked in events so we kind of are on a different um shift than many people you know we would only be getting up at around like 11 o'clock in the morning if you're an early riser and you are starving by lunchtime there are so many places that you can go and get two course lunches that will fill you up for the majority of the day um so i i just say there's there's limitless places to go for lunch and just look for the one that has a little print outside saying one one preemie one second tea and one glass of wine or a coffee and it's 12 euro or 15 or whatever um they're the places you want to be going to they're filled with italians and uh, you'll probably see a queue out the door but they'll all let you in at about 12 o'clock so so we're going to do our little scoreboard cormac um transport I'd have to go pretty high with the transport here. I know we struggled for taxis a little bit at the start, but once you kind of know the system and the crack, I think Florence is a solid, I'd say nine out of 10. Yeah, I'm I'm also going to go with a nine out of 10 and simply taxis were just such a pain for us. But once we downloaded that taxi app, yeah. it was way, way handier. Also, everything is very walkable and I'm someone who does not like walking, especially in the heat. Um, but in terms of transport, as Florence as a location in Italy to come to, there's so many options for day trips or for yeah. overnight stays. So, so like there's, you know, there's Bologna Airport, 38 minute train away. There's Pisa Airport, one hour. There's Florence, that's a 20 minute tram. There's a lot of options, a lot of which options. is brilliant for people coming into the city, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, for getting around, it is walkable, but there's also ride mobile bicycles and scooters. I think there's actually two other companies as well that do mm-hmm. all that. So if you do enjoy your scooter ride around with your bikes, it is very easy Florence is a huge cycling city, so there's cycle lanes, park, parking locations, everything that you require. So it's really simple to get around once you once you have it down, once you understand the triangle system and where the cycle tracks are, you'll have no problem at all. Uh, so for food, I'm going to give food a 10 out of 10. There's so many different options. You can go as cheap as you want. There's 
brilliant Asian food here. Um, and also it's got its classic Florentine steak, which I love. Um, so yeah, I have to give food just a 10 out of 10. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely go 10 out of 10 as well. My only, not even complaint, it's if you have an Airbnb, it's brilliant because seafood in the market, uh, Centrally Market and San Progio is fantastic, but there's not as many seafood restaurants in Florida, obviously, because it's very niche based. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you do like your, your your seafood, there's less options in Florence unless you know one or two restaurants which will link. But for food, yeah, definitely 10 out of 10. There is an unbelievable variety. But um, just for me, it's it just lacking on the, the, on fish, the seafood. Yeah, yeah. The seafood scene. But obviously, if you're traveling to Italy, you want to hit the coastal towns for seafood anyway. Uh, accommodation. I'm going to give accommodation... A 7.5 out of 10. And that's because we haven't tried very many Airbnbs here. So we'll let you know once more friends start coming here and everything like that. Um, But we just found we've had one or two bad experiences with hotels, but definitely hostels, Airbnbs, way to go. Yeah. Uh, I would probably go seven on accommodation myself. Uh, A lot of the hotels here are very, very premium hotels, but also quite expensive. We try to help friends book nights here in hotels that are five, 600 euro a night. So Airbnb definitely are a, a better option going forward. Yeah, so you can come and stay with us in our, we have two single beds, so. It's going to be a good price, lads. If you, if you get stuck, lads, we'll. Uh, love, we'll you know yourself. Don't tell any Irish people that we have a place for them because they'll be over here tomorrow. I know, they'll literally move in with us, sure. Look. <laughs> um, fun. So I'm going to give fun a nine out of 10. There's so many cultural things to do. There's always things happening here. I mean, it is one of the cultural capitals of the entire world. My only one thing that, and you know, I'm getting a little bit on in years now. So that one point I can't, you know, I can give or take it, but it's that it is not a huge party town. Last drink calls are usually about two o'clock unless you want to go to like a very young hip nightclub or whatever and even then they're really lacking so it's just it's not a huge party town it's not a huge um yeah it, it if it's you want st- it's a daytime drinking town very good aperitivo town for sunset yes but for i don't know what you mean for nighttime there's a couple of locations that cater for the american students that mm-hmm. are very heavily based in florence so obviously those areas are 18, 19, 20 year olds who've never drank in their own country before. Yeah. So it, it can be obviously a little bit messy. A lot of fun, a lot of fun if you're looking for it, but a little bit messy. So the bigger students, Bologna itself, 38 minutes away, is a, a better student town, I think, for a. Great if you want to go out. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. If you want a good night out, Bologna is fantastic for a bit more student based. And then overall value for money. Um, again, I'm going to give it about an 8.5. You can go as high tier as you want. You can go as low tier as you want. Um, pints overall, if you're a pint drinker, you're, you shouldn't come to wine country. So all I'll say is jump on the Al Prosecco, jump on the red wine, jump on all that. You'll be paying three euro, three euro fifty a glass. That's the way to go when you come to Florence. Um, you can get a really decent bottle of wine out from anywhere from 11 euro. All, it goes all the way up. Um, and it goes all the way down as well. You can go yeah. to the shop and get a bottle of Prosecco. 199, 199. 199. <laughs> Body for money, I would go for an 8.5. I think there's a lot of tourist traps, but once you start to know them, it is very affordable. Uh, overall, yeah, there are more expensive. <laughs> tastes in Florence. It's still very old money. Mm-hmm. All the boys are here. Yeah. Based here. 
Um, so there is a lot of expensive stuff, but once you start, uh, we will link absolutely everything, all the little tricks that we have mm-hmm. in the Excel sheet. So you'll be able to see like with places to go, San Spirito and stuff like that, a little bit cheaper, but value for money overall, I think it works five feet. Um, it is a very tactical city in, what, in terms of what you can do. You can, you can get caught if you go to the center on the Duomo, places are going to be expensive. But once you do a little bit of research and start realizing kind of where the cheaper places are, you can actually have a really, really, really affordable time. So that's been the Florence episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll probably end up doing another Florence episode at the end of the season. Absolutely. And season two is actually all about our move to Florence and everything that you would need to do to move to Italy. And we'll probably have more tips all the time as we're learning more. And um, so make sure that you're subscribed and all of that. We'll take you through everything we can learn. And again, we have the two spare beds, lads. So if you get caught out, you're more than welcome. No, no. We're Jane and Cormac. We hope you enjoyed our Florence episode and come back next time when we'll be talking about the next leg of our trip, La Spezia and the Cinque Terre. If you liked our podcast, then please subscribe and please give us a five-star review. It's free and takes just a couple of seconds. You can follow us on our socials at Alt Living and you can download our Excel sheet with all of our accommodation, restaurant, transport, experience and budget details for our six-week holiday on altliving.com. See you next time, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening.